<laughs> hey everybody hey guys <laughs> how you doing <laughs> we're gonna casually go ahead and pop back in here and just make an episode if that's all right with you i, I don't mind no no i mean i wasn't talking to you oh sorry dude what have we even been doing this last like couple months so we it's made an, nuts. we made an episode like probably like a week or two after i got married <laughs> and that was in june <laughs> dang dude <laughs> It's honestly like the reason why we haven't been recording. It's it's Grant's fault. Let's just put it. Let's just say it how it is. Why? Why <laughs> is it my fault? Because you're married, dude. You have all you have all the time that you used to spend with me. Guess what? You're spending it with MC now. Listen, dude. Hand <laughs> <And> the <laughs> guy, dude. It no. is not my fault. I've been super clutch all dude, the time. Nobody knows what you're doing. I know. I wish they did though. Everybody, look up Wayne County Life. On, on YouTube, YouTube. <laughs> it is you'll and not watch, regret and it. watch all Black Dodge Ram. Please oh, watch that, that one's great. It's the, um, it's the funniest the, stuff. The Ford Raptor one too. We gotta we gotta put that as the sound on the board. <laughs> Do the sound that he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! On live television. But yeah, we've been we've been super super busy. Yeah, school work, and then marriage. Your marriage and stuff. I got a girlfriend now. And you got so. a girlfriend, so it's like, yeah. So it's just it's been, not just. Oh, okay. Whoa. You're gonna put this on Whoa. me now. But no, we uh, we've honestly we've been really. <laughs> there's been so many times we're like, dude, pod tonight, pod tonight, and then we go to do the pod, and then it's like, ah, oh, dude, I can't. I'm dead tired right now, and it's like, ah, oh, me too. <laughs> but we're we're back and better than ever because. I want to go back and count how many times we've said we're back and better than ever. Oh, man. Well, I think we've never been better than ever. Well, we're not. Those could always be true. What do you mean? We're just not. Maybe you're not. I'm better than ever. You listen. You need to get saved. For For those of you that don't know what we're doing, it's really dumb stuff. And that's okay that you don't know because you're probably smart people. Anyway. We're going to break out a new Who is God? Tonight we are doing God is Omnipresent. Hmm. Never heard of it. Well, the question that looms over my head like a dark rain cloud would be, what does Omni mean? Like when you were, I don't know, 18? Yeah. Did you know what Omni meant? No, I had no idea. When you were 20, did you know what Omni meant? I'm trying to find out when no. you found out when I, that God was omni. Let's see. So I'm 25 now. Um, when did we start doing this one? Which one? Yeah, about 25. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was probably 21. Yeah. So I'd probably say very similar to me. Which, yeah, I mean, it was 21 was when I became a believer. So Hey, stop knocking your mic. We can hear that on the. My bad, everybody. <laughs> oh, sorry, it was an earthquake. Oh man. But um yeah, so if you don't know what omni means, that's okay. Cause guess what? You're about to know. If you listen to this podcast, you are officially about to learn something that you didn't know. You are in the wherewithal. It's a great word. What does that mean? I don't know. Crap. <laughs> well, omni. 
Let's get into it. So yes. let's talk about how we can talk about God. So there's only a couple ways, really, that we can even talk about God because he's infinite, right? Yes. And he's also what we've already studied on this little podcast that we're doing here. Mm. Incomprehensible. Right. To us created folk, which we realize now that we've listened to God is Eternal on the Secret Start podcast, that we are not eternal, and therefore we are created. Uh. Right? So we can't really get our minds around the being of God because he is eternal and he is infinite. So he we is call infinite. Him. We are finite. So we really only have a few ways of speaking about him because we're small minded little beings and he's a massive infinite being. Right. Um, and so there's a couple ways. One, we could talk about God, what he is not way that a lot of theologians say this and in the past have said it is by way of negation. So we say this, this is an example. When we say that God is immutable, which if you don't know what that means, it means that God is not changing. So we say immutable. Well, is what is, does God change? No, he is immutable. He is not changing. Right. He cannot change. We don't really know what that looks like to not change. Right. We change all the time. So that's one of the ways we talk about God. Another example is um, he's infinite, which means not finite, which means not bound by any time sort of like create and... being created, the time and things, different things like that. Right. Another one just being that he is incomprehensible. Right. You know, some word that we, we use a lot. Yeah, we use it all the time. We have an episode on it to where um, you cannot comprehend God. Um, you can only comprehend or attempt to comprehend what he has revealed to us in the scriptures. And even then, you can't comprehend all of it. You can't comprehend the Trinity to its fullest extent. Right. We can never fully grasp the infinite. Right. So that's that's one of the ways that we talk about God. Another way, another way that we talk about God is by saying God is all of something. Mm. He's all this. Right. right? He is perfectly this he is infinitely this thing that mm. we're, whatever attribute that we're talking about so omni simply means all it's latin yeah um so when we get the word omnipresent and omnipotent or omnipotent or omniscience or omniscient when i was studying on like the omnis i came across omniscient but i think i was just tired or no it was the day i didn't have any coffee <laughs> I was reading it. Dude, I'm like, you, there was a one day that you never had coffee. I there's, <laughs> I have never seen you not have coffee. In I, I I wound <laughs> up getting coffee around noon time, noon to one ish. But I went my entire morning with no coffee, and I was reading it, and I it said omniscient, but I read it, and I'm like, what is omniscience? <laughs> like, what? That's crazy. And I'm like, holy cow! I need to get some caffeine. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was hurting. Oh, by the way, Grant, um, where can a, a, a fellow get some coffee nowadays? Mm, well, I'm glad you asked. If you go to Instagram or Facebook, there's a little thing you can type in in the search bar, and it's called Billings Coffee Company or Billings Coffee Co. Because I'm too lazy to type out company. I mean, he makes really good coffee. So maybe buy some. Yeah. But anyway, the way that we talk about, another way that we talk about, like we said, is to say that he is all of something. So omni means all. So when we say that God is omnipresent, what we mean to say is that God is all present. He's infinitely present. He's everywhere. So omnipresence is 
is simply the state of being present everywhere at once. Yeah. So to say that God is omnipresent means that he is everywhere at the same time. Yeah. And when we say that God is omnipresent, it means he fills every single inch, centimeter, millimeter, nanometer, down to the smallest (laughs) form of measurement, and then even beyond that. Because when you break it down to the simplest and smallest atomic measurement, there's still a little bit of space. Yeah. And God is there. And he fills that space. Yeah. Which is just amazing to think about. He's everywhere. When we talk about omnipresence of God, there's another attribute of God that goes right hand in hand with it. And it's it's talking about very similar thing as omnipresence. It's called the immensity of God. Yes. The omnipresence of God is that God is everywhere, like we said, but the immensity of God is that he's not bound by anything. He's not restricted right. by any any space, any container that anyone could try to put God in, right? Uh, like, for instance, the atmosphere isn't a container. Like, God goes beyond the atmosphere. Or our, our little solar system that we got going here, God goes beyond that. The universe, right? He's beyond the he's Wakanda beyond... bubble. <laughs> what? Wakanda, Wakanda's... It's got like a bubble around it, so people okay. don't come in. Yeah, I mean, he's... Except for Thanos. <laughs> Thanos gets in. So, God goes beyond any boundary that we could ever imagine, even the ones that, like, for instance, space. At some, There is a point in which there are no stars. Right. Science has said, like, space is still expanding. Yeah. Like, we can tell by the way that things are moving. So God is in and beyond the void that yeah. we can't even see. It's just, it's mind boggling. That's how big our God is. Yeah. You know, I, we tend to think about God like he's some guy, mm. you know, and he's not just a, he's not some old guy up in heaven. It's sitting on a chair with a long white beard. Yeah. He's a spirit. Mm-hmm. And so he goes beyond all things. And the interesting part about this is that he is, fully there wherever he is yeah wherever his presence is he is fully there right it's not like like god's reaching from you know china to california mm. with his his pinky finger on the tip of california and his pinky finger on the tip of china yeah and he's like kind of there in in some sort of way in every by place. law he's there right but like kind of yeah no he's everywhere in his fullness at all times. So yeah. R.C. Sproul, this is what he says. When we read that God is immense, we may think of immensity as largeness. A person who is more than just big is immense. But the immensity of God means not that he is big in size, but that he is everywhere at all times or omnipresent. God is present in San Francisco at the same time he's present in New York or Chicago. Moreover, wherever he is, God is present in his fullness, eternality, immutability, simplicity, omniscience, and omnipotence. All of God is present. Because he is one, it is not the case that part of him is in one place and part is in another, as if he were spread thin. Wherever he is, which is everywhere, he is all there. The Apostle Paul perhaps had this in view when discussing the incarnation. In Colossians, he writes that the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in Christ, Colossians 2.9. 
The being of God is not restricted to the geographical boundaries of Jesus' human body. Nevertheless, the incarnate word, the second person of the Trinity, has all that God is in him. Mm. That's an interesting point there, right? Mm. So even to talk about Jesus, right? God was fully, and the Bible talks about like what we just read, that the fullness of God dwelt in Christ bodily. Yeah. He was all in Christ. Fully God. Mm-hmm within Christ in a body. It's a human body. Yeah. That's that just shows that God is wherever he is, he is in his fullness every place he is. But where is he? Everywhere. Exactly. Always. Exactly. Even in Chicago. <clears throat> cheese is sold. Where are they going to the cheese business? First Kings, uh to get right into the scriptures that we have for this, we have quite a few. And uh we think that this will be really helpful for us to just kind of walk through some of these. Yeah. In First Kings one twenty eight, it's it's when Solomon is dedicating the temple that he had just just built to God um, in Jerusalem. So the significance of First Kings eight twenty seven. What is it? Let's talk about this. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven in the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built? And he was talking about. We got to remember, he's talking about the temple of God, right? Where he was dwelling, especially. Yeah. Right. So, what what do you think about that, Grant? Yeah, I mean, God dwelled with his people in a special way in the temple or in the Holy of Holies. So, God did not dwell with his people through the Holy Spirit at, at this point. He wasn't dwelling He wasn't dwelling within them. Right. Right. He was dwelling with the, his people. Yes. But he was not dwelling in the hearts of the people. Right, like we see in, in the New Testament. Right. Um, so, this, and this begs the question, the church isn't... The building, it's the people. Right. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Why? Because God is with his people. Right. You know, he lives within the people. He's not He's not bound by this building. Yeah. Right? Um, so now in the, in the New Testament, whenever in Acts 2 we receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells within us specially now. Yeah. Right? So it's interesting to see, though, that, that Solomon, who just built this massive temple, says about God, the heaven... And the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I've built? You know, so he's literally saying in this great religious city of Jerusalem, yeah, where God has called and and collected His people for Himself in this holy land that was that was meant to be the the holy place for the world to see the righteousness of the people and all come from all around the world and glorify God by what they were seeing out of the Jews, right? Mm. This place that he had built, where God actually dwelled in the Holy of Holies, yeah, which, in a special way. Yeah. He was dwelling everywhere. But, okay, I think there's like a general dwelling. Like God God is present everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But there are places in time where God has showed up and, and showed his glory off. Sure. Right? So we see... The burning bush, right? Mm -hmm. What does he say to Moses? Take your sandals off. It's a holy place. Yeah. But we don't have to walk around with our sandals off everywhere. Right. Even though God is everywhere. Mm -hmm. But there is a sense in which there are times that God will dwell or show up in this massive, miraculous, amazing way where people will cry and say, please, like, I'm, I'm scared. I don't want to, I don't want to look upon you. Right. Yeah. To cover their face. Because of how great he is, mm. you know, even angels, where they when they come down and they yeah. they show off the glory of just themselves, the great beings, the people always 
are what? They're afraid. They're terrified. But God will will do that as well sometimes. Mm. Like with Moses on on the mountain where he was given the Ten Commandments, he came down and his face was glowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like God has different levels of of being present. Yeah. But he is ultimately everywhere. But it is awesome to see like God is dwelt with us now. Yeah. Through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, mm. in us. And he dwells specially. He doesn't dwell in the same way as Christians. We have the presence of God within us um, in a way that is special. Yeah. And not like the presence that we have all around us at all times. So let's get into some other Bible texts here. We see all kinds of texts in the Bible about the omnipresence. Now, it is it is a point to note that omnipresence is not ever mentioned in the Bible by the name omnipresence, right? Right. But that doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. Yeah, the Bible very clearly talks about how God is everywhere. We're going to get right into that here. This These texts right here are talking about how God has a dwelling on this earth, and it affects non-Christians, and it affects Christians yeah. in this way. So Jeremiah 23, 23 through 24. Yeah. <clears throat> Am I a God who is only near? This is the Lord's declaration. And not a God who is far away? Can a person hide in secret places where I cannot see him? The Lord's declaration. Do I not fill the heaven and the earth? The Lord's declaration. Yeah, so you think about Adam and Eve in the garden. They just send. Yeah. And what do they do? They go try to hide. Trying to hide. And we know that God knew they were there. Yeah. Why could we say that? Because of what the rest of the Bible says about the omnipresence of God. Right. Because of what the Bible says about the omniscience of God, that he knows all things, right? So, because in Genesis, in the the original account of the fall, it doesn't say God really knew where they were. Yeah. Right? And so there will be people that go to this text and say, God didn't know. Yeah. No. We can read the rest of the Bible and know because of what the rest of the Bible says and knowing that the rest of the Bible is inspired by God just as much as Genesis was. Yeah. We can know that God knew very clearly where they were, but he was asking them, which I find it's kind of ironic that he asks. Mm. Um, but yeah, this, this text here in Jeremiah, it does, it, God is just saying, can you, can a person hide in a secret place? Do you think that I'm only near, like I'm only in this particular space and time yeah. right now? You, you don't think I'm everywhere? Like you can outrun my presence? Right. It's it's just it's impossible. So Acts seventeen, twenty four through twenty eight says this the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needs anything, since he himself gives all mankind life and breath and everything. So he doesn't live in a temple. Right. He doesn't need housing. He's not bound right? by so we talked about that. But that that goes that attribute builds onto the omnipresence of God mm-hmm. as well, right? Right. So he doesn't live in a temple. He's not bound by anything. That talks about the immensity. The immensity is that God isn't bound by anything. Mm-hmm. The omnipresence is that He is everywhere. So if God is everywhere, this is where it gets kind of personal for you as a Christian. Can you, as a Christian, truly ever be alone? So let's say you're going through a really hard time. Feel all alone. Feel lonely. Are you really alone? Are you really alone? That's a great. That's a great question to ask. Long answer. 
No. <laughs> we, we can never be alone. Correct. So these texts talk about this. Yeah, Deuteronomy 4, 7 says, For what a great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him. Yeah, and Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I think we... I think we neglect that, especially when we read that. I've read that verse so many times, and I think we just read it as, I think a lot of times we, as an I, emphasize that first part, God is our refuge in strength, which, nothing wrong with that. But then the second part, a very present help in our trouble. He is present in our troubles. Yeah, and the awesome thing is that he's there in his fullness. Yes. Because think about it. What was the first part of the verse? right? God is our refuge and what? Strength. Yeah. And so he's our strength, but he's also there with us very presently. Well, and even going back up to Deuteronomy 4, 7, the last part of that, whenever we call upon him, he's there. He's there. Well, he's there anyways. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, call upon him and he will, he will, and he's there. He will do his will for you. Yes. Like, and his will is to, for the Christian, to, to make them into the likeness of Christ. Yeah. The sanctification process. Mm. That's his will for us. We have to know that. And when we're going through dark trials, yeah. You know, we're going through a breakup with our girlfriend or boyfriend. You know, we're going through maybe you just had a really bad fight with your parents. Maybe you had a really uh, bad falling out with a friend, mm. you know, or maybe your church has hurt you. Yeah. You know, there's a million different ways to go about this scenario here. Whatever you're going through, God's plan for that moment in your life is to create in you a heart that loves him more. Yeah. And to create in you a heart that wants to to live for him more out of the love you have for him. Yes. So, bang, right there. God is so near to us as as, as our Lord, as our God. He is our refuge and strength, and he's also very present. He's right here. Yeah. And I love how it says in... He's a very present help in trouble, <laughs> you know, because we're, we go through so much trouble in this life. Yeah. But he's there. You know, Psalm 145, 18 says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. And so we can't call out to a false God. Right. They're not going to answer. Yeah. That's a very, very important part. The call, truth call part. on him in truth. Yeah. Um, Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3 say, But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Yeah, so this isn't talking about some sort of prosperity gospel type of thing here. Right. You know, oh man, God just is going to, God's will is to let nothing bad happen to us. Mm -hmm. Like we said before, God's ultimate purpose for you is to create in you a heart that loves him. Yeah. More and more and more Mm -hmm. in greater and greater degrees of glory. Right. That's what he is, is doing in us. And in time, it takes troubles to do that. Um, But I love this truth here that, you know, we're going to pass through waters. We're going to pass through uh, rivers, and we're going to pass through fire. 
it, but God is not going to allow for the, the believer, for those to overwhelm them ultimately to the point of saying, I can't do this anymore, God. Right. I got to leave. Or yeah. he's not going to allow the fire and the flames of the world to to burn you up. Yeah. Right? Um, he's going to keep you, and he's also going to go with you through every single yeah. trial. He is there with you. And even taking it a step further to just the the character of Christ, it's like he has experienced every emotion we've experienced. Even more so, just looking at the full account of Scripture, it's like God is there and with us. It's so good. It's insane. I love it so much. It's such a, it's such a, this is what theology should do for us. Yeah. Right here. Cause us to just love and take in. It shouldn't be something we're just thinking and, Oh man, I know this now, and I I know omni means you know I'm, I know what immensity means. I'm yeah. pretty cool. You're not, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because people really get to thinking that that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's like the reason why you should want to learn about what we're what we're talking about about God is so that you love Him more. Yeah, so that you can actually see and actually make sense of what's happening in the Bible, so you can actually have something to to hold on to when you're going through troubles. Right, you know. So Matthew eighteen twenty, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Right. So that's talking about specifically um, whenever churches are coming together to make decisions on church discipline. Mm-hmm. That's that's what the context of that is. A yeah. lot of people say other things about it, but specifically, it's talking about within church discipline. He is there. If you hear those sirens, sorry, but he is there. With us in those those hard times mm. of of making hard decisions based on, hey, this person is blatantly sinning against God. Yeah, we need to we need to remove him from the church so that he can understand the severity of the situation mm. and come in repentance back to the church. Yeah. Um. So once again, he is there with his people always. Yeah. If God is everywhere, always we need a drum roll button. Mm-mm. We'd overuse it. True. <laughs> if God is everywhere always, is God in hell? If God wasn't in hell, would he be omnipresent? Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that would, would be no. Mm. You know, so let's let's look at let's look at some verses on this. Yeah. And okay, let's talk about what people usually think about this. Right. Because people would usually say that hell is the absence of God. Correct. Which there are Bible verses that talk about when you go to hell, you're you're removed from the presence of God. It does talk about that. Yeah. Um, but as we've mentioned before about the temple, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about the Holy of Holies where God dwelled specially with his people. We're talking about Christians where God has dwelled specially with his people. But God is also dwelling everywhere Yeah. at the same time. So there's special ways in which God dwells. In heaven, it is the, it's the glory of God. It is the ultimate, the most amazing presence of God. He's there in, in a brand new, amazing way in heaven. Yeah. And the Bible talks about that to, to a great extent, mm-hmm. but check this, check this verse out in Psalm Psalms one, uh, Psalm 139, seven through 10. It says this, where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. Mm. So, okay, Sheol there, it doesn't mean hell. It right. means the land of the dead. 
a lot of, a lot of the time. But God is wherever people die and wherever people live on yeah. earth. <laughs> so he's he's everywhere, right? right? And Matthew 10:28, Grant, why don't you hit that one? Um okay. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Yeah, so it's talking about the the wrath of God being poured out on those who are in hell. Yeah. Now, once again, this doesn't say that God is going to be there doing it. I had a, I was talking to a friend about this, and his rebuttal was, well, it's kind of like gravity, which I think that he had a really weird view on this, and it doesn't make any sense ultimately to me, but he, he said, like, gravity is like this force that's in on the earth that God just kind of put into motion. It's going all the time now. But he said, like, in hell, whenever God throws people in hell, that his wrath is just doing its thing down there where he is not a part of it. Um, and mm. I was like, well, that would uh, make God not omnipresent. Right. And we would be able to say that God is not omnipresent. He's, uh, he's mostly present. Um, but no, God is omnipresent. He mm. is all present everywhere. Um, Revelation 14, 9, 11 says this. It's a pretty interesting text here. It says, if anyone worships the beast in its image and receives a mark on its forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and there is no rest day or night. So it talks about being tormented in, in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Yeah. Which is just interesting, right? Um but ultimately, the historical reformed position on this is that hell is the absence of some things of God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the absence of good things. God doesn't he he does dwell there in his fullness. Yeah, right. But it is he does not give grace there. Right. He does not show mercy there. He does not show love there. Yeah. What he shows is wrath. He shows anger. He shows hatred. He shows justice, and that's mm-hmm. what that's what his wrath is, and his fury will be poured out yeah. there, and he will be doing it. No love. Uh, no love there. So in hell, there is, there is an absence of God to some degree, and we're talking about special dwelling. God does dwell specially, and he does also dwell specially in hell, yeah. where it will be t- terrifying in, in the craziest way. If we think that anything that we've ever seen in this world is bad, what will be happening in hell is like it literally says here that that person thrown in hell also will drink the wine of God's wrath poured full strength into the cup of his anger. Like it's we're talking about the full strength of God being yeah. poured out on onto those who have rejected him and hated God and rejected Christ. Yeah. And lived life for for themselves, ultimately honoring and, and pleasing themselves all the days they live. Mm. And the terrifying thing about hell is and the terrifying thing about omnipresence is that there's no place for you to run from God. Yeah. Right, like we said. Like like seen in Genesis, we've seen this um, talked about in other verses here that we've, we've mentioned. There's no place to run from God. Yeah. And so for you that's listening, I, I pray that you hear this with hearts that, that are not hardened towards what we're about to say, but God is is everywhere. And he is going to judge everyone. Yeah. And there's no way to outrun God. If, as as the psalmist said, if I if I live my life here, okay, you're here. 
if I if I make my bed in Sheol, if I rise to the heavens, you're here. And so you can't run from him in death. You can't run from him in your life. Submit to God now. Love him. See this attribute of God as something that's amazing. Yeah. And and it shows the the true wonder and mystery of God. Mm. And ultimately, like, trust in Christ. Well, and for the believer, too, like, see this attribute as a comfort, as a hope. You know, not that we don't already have our hope in Christ, but just see this as a... This yeah. is who Christ is, though. Yeah, this is who Christ is to where when, you know, when you are in that time of trouble or you're going through the waters or through the fire, just be reminded that God is as close to you as your next breath. Mm. And God, it's, God, it's God is truth. in your lungs as you're taking your next yeah, breath. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Like he's everywhere. Yeah. Infinitely. Um, there are some, if you want to go deeper into this doctrine... A great resource in general is a website called Monergism. It's all like it's a lot of free content mm. and it's really great stuff. I, I found an article by Luis Burkoff. He's a really awesome reformed theologian and uh, he has an article called The Infinity of God and it was really, really good. It's very short. Um, that's on Monergism. We also have mentioned multiple times in our podcast the Truths We Confess. It's literally just like a theological exposition of the Westminster Confessions of Faith. And it's, that sounds really, really crazy and maybe a little intimidating, but it's really not. And it's really helpful. Yeah. Um, and there are other <clears throat> books that, that go into the doctrines of God. Um, for beginners, I know there's a lot of people that hate on uh, Wayne Grudem, and I definitely disagree with Wayne Grudem on a couple of different really key things. But he's so good at explaining things at a very... Very easy to understand level. Yeah. And so I recommend him, his systematic theology. But also there's there's a ton of sermons specifically about like the omnipresence of God. There's yeah. a ton of, of sermons out there too. Yeah. Yeah. We want to we wanna be a, a help for you. If you have any questions, feel free to to contact us. We've had multiple, multiple people contact us now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've had pretty good conversations with people. So yeah, we've had a lot of people reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so you can follow us on those at Seeker Start Pod um, for Instagram. Just search Seeker Start on Facebook, and surely it'll pop up. I don't think there's really anything else out there called Seeker Start. Heck not. Nah, we're so the only. We're we're pretty original. <laughs> um, but yeah, give us a follow, leave us a review um, or a rating or whatever. That actually really helps us out a lot. Um, and yeah, if you don't have Instagram or Facebook, feel free to shoot us an email at seekerstartpod at gmail.com. So yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, we'll see you hopefully sooner than three months. Yes. (laughs) All right, peace. Seeker Start.